Hello and welcome, it's me Rodney Cyrus back with you one more time. It's slightly different, it's not just an on and off the pitch, it is a post-match chat. I'm joined by the one and only, the man himself, Mad Marcus, as they say, Wagwan. <laughs> How you doing? You're right, not <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you very much. It's not bad. It's not bad. It's not bad, Hat. My dad, my dad had one of them about 70 years ago. Listen, it's all the rage, isn't it? It's all peaky blinders. It's all it's all peaky blinders. Is that what they used to call a dustman's cap or something? I don't know. It could be a boy's hat, the milk boy's hat, the milk boy, the milk, the milkman. It could be (laughs) (laughs) the milkman's hat. (laughs) Right, we'll 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 leave it like that. We'll leave it there. (laughs) Um, You've been good. I've been very well, Mike. Yeah, very good, well. good, uh, good. Nice to see you back after a couple. Of weeks. I know. I know. Do you know what? As I, I mean, I mentioned to you, we've had a little Twitter chat. Um, didn't have my laptop for a few weeks, so it's been a bit strange. Not had the backdrop, obviously, and I've been doing um, quite a few things on the mobile, really. And uh, you just don't realise how powerful your mobile is until you actually have to use it. So yeah, um, limited, obviously limited, but uh, still effective. Anyway, enough of it, uh, uh, the, the jovial chit-chat. We're talking about the game, Partizan versus Manchester United. Uh, you watched it, I've watched it. Um, hoping to get uh, my man, Mr. Exclusive, on, but I know he's busy, and in the, when he's ready, he will join us, hopefully. Um, what did you think of the game, Marcus? What did you think? Overall, I was... I, I was impressed, but I was disappointed at the same time. Mm. Um, I was disappointed with not so much the formation, but how we played at the back. I thought we give Partizan way too many chances. Um, yeah. Stood off the ball way too much, considering our defence was pretty much rock solid. Yeah. You know, Wan Bissaka, Harry Maguire, and so forth. So, um, but I thought, I, I thought overall we were. Quite compact in, in the middle. Yeah, and the majority of their play yeah. was long balls out to the sides, yeah. which is is where we gave up the space because um, we were more compact in the middle. But I do like that formation, and I think with these players, I mean, a lot of people may scream and say we're not attacking enough. But how many decent attacking players do we have in that squad? One, it's, maybe two. It's really strange when you talked about the, the. For me, I'll always come back to it in the sense that when we, when when there is a three-five-two or a three-four-three, as it was, I look at the personnel and I think that's a Jose lineup. I kind of go back to him because I think that's the kind of thing Jose would 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 have done. He would have he would have packed the team with defenders, you know, because you had Jones, who's for everyone's cup of tea shouldn't even be anywhere near a Manchester United shirt, let alone training. Yeah. You've got um, Rojo, who obviously came in last week, uh, last minute, and did a really good job. You've got Maguire. So you've got your three natural centre-backs. And you've got a right-back in midfield, Wan-Bissaka. Then you've got Williams, who's a left-back in midfield. And I look at that and I think to myself, you know, where 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 are all the midfield players? Where's Chong? Mm. Yeah. Because I did, you know, a podcast talk with David about him. You know, are they the real deal? Where's Gomez? You had, I'm like looking yeah. at, I think seriously, Pereira's on the bench. You, you, Greenwood's on the bench. Greenwood's on the bench. It looked like um, it was a. It, don't get me wrong. I, I thought that this was a game that Manchester United couldn't afford to lose. Obviously, the performance 
from from where I sat on you know my sofa wasn't great but at the same time it's the kind of game you would expect in in, in European football Europa League the old school thinking is don't lose get a draw at best sneaker win yeah you know but you work you work on those parameters as long as you don't lose away win your home games to go away and get three points absolutely fantastic but the performance in itself one thing but then I looked at it and I thought he's really he really does rely heavily on defenders and this is the same bunch of players apart from Williams who we can talk about at length but if you but, put that into perspective right yeah saying that he relies heavily on defenders that's the one area that we're overcrowded in we got loads of defenders so yeah right. we, we do um, we haven't even mentioned the person who isn't in the team yeah I yeah. Mean, yeah that's that's without mentioning his Andrew name Azibi. yeah well <laughs> <laughs> you know Lindelof yeah Lindelof by Bozu Menza right and yeah and Luke Shaw still got and Luke Shaw and Luke and Shaw yet we still got Brandon Williams Wambasaka, Maguire, yeah. Jones, Rojo. That's 10. That's yeah. 10. Imagine if they didn't get rid of Smalling. Exactly. So, and it's no wonder that we can't really play attacking football, as, as young people are saying. You know, we're yeah. sitting back. We've got 10 defenders that are at the club. You, right? we, have, we have. And, 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 and you know, not to kind of like trumpet Jose's name all the time, but if he'd have put that like, if this was a Jose team, he would have been literally beaten about the head verbally because yeah. they would have said, not good enough, what is he doing? Too many defenders, X, Y, Z. He's gone, obviously, I understand. And, and, and the Manchester United have moved on and they've got Ole. But this is the reality that the club is in. This, is, is, this isn't about Jose as a manager. This is the same thing that Louis van Gaal had to deal with when he shipped out players and he had to rely on people like Paddy McNair who's no longer at the club and who I can't even remember who else was there, Blackett, you know, yeah. all of those players were moved on. They came in to, to, to replace, in a sense, the Jones and the Smallings because they were always injured. So it, it, for me, I look at that team and I think he's, he's working with rudimentary tools because they're not necessarily not the best team in terms of flair, but they've got three points, you know, and I have to say that is a game that will you know, I've I've recorded it on my Virgin box. I will be deleting the game because it's not a game that I'm not keeping it for posterity. I'm not going to look at this game and think I'm going to learn anything new from this game at all. Nothing. No, Nothing. it wasn't an exciting game, but yeah. you know, it was three points away from home since yeah. March. Um, you know, after the result against Liverpool as well, it's part of the stepping stone. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully it turns the it, you know fortunes are going to turn around now. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully I'm going to go through the team very quickly before I go to the chat. So we had Romero and goal. Um, I thought he had a decent game considering um, yep. Jones. I don't even need to say anything really, do I? I think everyone. I've got, see. I've got to be honest, mate. Apart from one one mistake yeah. towards the end of the game yeah. when he cost us a corner. When yeah, really. I thought he was near enough pretty solid. Point yeah, there, yeah. And I'm just saying generally in terms of, you know, as a right back or something like that. Um, Maguire, um, you know, captain. captain, good for him. Uh, moment where he was put on his bottom. Mm, yeah. yeah, okay. Uh, but, Rojo looked good. 
Yeah, considering he was he was drafted in against Liverpool yeah. um, during the pre-match warm-up as well. Rahul look good. Um, uh, uh, wan obviously, he's got loads of energy, as they, the nickname Spider-Man, you know, you just can't get away from his web. I, I get, uh, yeah, I think a general, a, another good display from him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, on the other side, Brandon Williams. Shall we leave him to... No, no, let's not leave him to last. Let's big him up right now. What a game. Um... I thought he was absolutely fantastic. This guy or kid, um, to me, is doing everything that Luke Shaw should be doing. He goes forwards. I mean, you look at the run, the driving run for the penalty. Absolutely fantastic burst of pace down yeah. the left-hand side. He, he, you know, his crossing ability, it could be better, but mm. it's not bad. Yeah. Um, the ball is getting into the box. It maybe don't beat the first man or it's a little bit too long, so... But again, it's you see the overlap on that left-hand side. There was yeah. a couple of times I saw Matter swing that ball out to the left, and um, Brandon Williams is one of the furthest players forward. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, like, I mean, like you, I, 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 he really did have a good game for me. He really did have a good game. Going oh, away, fantastic. Going away from home, obviously getting your first start, first full start, and full ninety minutes in the first team is always going to be difficult. European fixture, added pressure. Um, his run obviously brought about the penalty, definite penalty. You know, what the referee was really clear, could see it. Um, didn't see enough of that from the others in the team. But for him, I would say if you were going to give ratings, definitely for me, an eight out of ten. Uh, and that's just because, you know, when you're first, it's your first game, um, you. And when I'm going to say a certain player in comparison to Chong, who had a, a full debut and made some errors, um, and certain noises were coming from the from the crowd. Um, it would be easy uh, for other young players to kind of see it, hear it, and kind of be affected by it. But he just seemed to be a natural. You're right about Luke Shaw. If I was him, I'd be concerned. I would be concerned. Um, I've got to say, while he's out injured at the minute, um, I think his place is under threat. Not obviously. Yeah, Ashley Young is going to be the main one to fill the void there. The yeah. Gap. But I think Brandon Williams is he's that sort of player, mate. That yeah. He's he's solid. He's confident. He's strong. Yeah. Um. He's he's got pace. Yeah. He, his positional sense is is really good for a youngster. He reads the game really well. He does. He does. Um. He does indeed. Before we go back through the rest of the team, I'm going to go to the comments very quickly. Hala Madrid. I see your comment. We do. Uh, he, he says we need to have a chat. Uh, George Carl says the goat has arrived. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure if he's talking about himself or, or Marshall. Yeah, yeah, the goat has arrived. Hello, <laughs> uh, we will have a chat. Says uh, George says um, let's talk about Brandon Williams. We have replacing serial croc and Michelin man Luke Shaw. <laughs> not holding back there, George. Uh, George said other than Pogba. There is zero creativity in midfield. I don't think this team would be any different if Pogba was playing. I'll be honest, I'm, I'm not his biggest fan. Um, we can talk a little bit about him later in terms of him and his broken toe. Um, whether he'll be here in January is another thing. But, you know, the, the team are without him. And, and um, I think every time there's a blip, everyone kind of looks off, says Pogba's not around. I, you know, there was a time certain managers would only talk to you if you were fit. And they'd only mention, yeah. you know, the, the old school managers were like, if you're injured, they don't care. They're, you're not in their reckoning, you know. And I think sometimes, you know, as a fan base, if a player says they're injured, don't think about them. 
because they can't be called no. upon. You know, it's yeah. just it's just let it go. Um, it says Johnny Evans, George again. Johnny Evans should have never should never have been sold compared to the Chuckles. Yeah, well, if you go that far back, George, we should never have sold PK. But there you go. How far back do? Because <laughs> I think that was like uh, some of the the mistakes that we look back and think that player should never have been sold. The Gerard PK one is for me is like never. Uh, George says first away win since March. Wow, has it been that long since played a uh, PSG? It has, yeah. Um, six months is a long time. Uh, yeah. He says Jones always looks solid against Farmers. Whatever. <laughs> He's up early getting the spuds. George is flying with these comments. He says, Luke Shaw will never be the player he could have been due to the horrendous injury, sadly, for him. Really bad injury, to be honest. And any player that comes back from that, it does take a while. It really does take a while. Um, you know, I, I put a lot of that down to um, Luke Shaw's injury. I put that, I think, a fair bit that has to go to Memphis leaving as well because them two had a really good relationship mm -hmm down that side yeah and they were really close friends and i think mem you know when that injury happened you could see how distraught memphis was on the pitch yeah yeah you know? and after that memphis just wasn't the same maybe just something in his head said look you know i don't want to be in this league if it's that tough <laughs> and that's gonna happen I can maybe, imagine. A, maybe yeah. a bit of bottle into it but, bit of bottle, um, yeah uh, you know, it's it does happen it can play on your mind, man. Yeah, it does. Uh, well, it definitely can play on your mind. Um, right, we've spoken about William, so George can be happy. Uh, McTominay, I thought he had a decent game. I but, did, yeah. He's often. looking, he's growing in stature in, in the middle. Yeah. And he's taking on responsibilities, really, that he shouldn't really be taking on at such a young age. But yeah. you look around him, Yeah. What can who can he learn from? There's... You no, know, Matic, Matter, no. Yeah. Top was out injured. Yeah, is Matic, in, is Matic injured? injured? Oh, I'm going to say he is, man, because he's nowhere to be seen at the minute. Yeah, he has to be. He has yeah. to be. He must be in Dubai. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably talking with Zidane as well. Yeah. <laughs> he's probably asking for an autograph. Um, Garner. James, got another one from the Academy. James Garner. I thought he had a solid. I thought he had a solid um, game. I think he a bit shaky at the start, um, but I thought he did okay. And it's, it's yeah, go on. I was just saying, the longer the game on, went on, um, a few wayward passes in the first half, looked a bit nervous. Mm. Didn't know, didn't know really where he was playing until they sorted themselves out, and United grew into the game as as a team. Yeah, but um, I, I thought, yeah, he was he was okay. Um, I'm still not seeing the hype about him, but decent, and he's got a lot, lot to, lot to learn. Lot to learn. So Garner's he's done okay. Lingard, Lingard, Lingard. Well, he missed. Well, I didn't say he missed. He hit the post, didn't he? Yeah. The first half. Yeah. The he, first good, half. good, good. Quick feet adjustment there to to get the ball away yeah. and strike. Definitely. Um, and, I just think apart from that, there was a couple of runs in behind. But again, another one that's coming back from injury. Yeah, yeah. And then we've got uh, the other the the other two that the double M's, Matter and Martial. Well, we know what Matter gives you. We know what he gives you in the game. You know, yeah, we know what he gives you. There's no secret there. There's nothing that we haven't seen 
in all of his career at, at Chelsea and as a Manchester United player, we know. You know, he's going to come inside, he's going to look for a pass, he's very cute on the ball. Um, he's someone who relies on runners, but obviously, you know, he's not the quickest. Uh, and on this, in this newly revised um, Ole team, speed is everything. He has got a fantastic, let's say, left foot on him for set pieces. Yeah. Um, there was that free kick in the first half where he you know, took it from the right-hand side, curled it into the back post. McTominay missed the header yeah. that went into the side netting. And he tried it again, similar in, in the second half, I think it was. And... You know, for set pieces, for dead ball situations, mm -hmm. he ain't too bad. There are worse in that team. Oh, <laughs> Rashford. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, but, um, but, yeah, I think Matter, you know, I think the only problem with Matter that lets him down is his speed, but he's never been quick. So if the game's played at pace, at pace yeah, he's, he's not really in the game. If it's a slow-tempoed game, then he's in the game. You know, he can pick a pass just as well as anyone, but... You know, matter is matter, isn't it? He's, I think a lot of people know that his days are finished at United, I think. But, um, yeah. It, it's, it's. I mean, for, for me, I think he does add something. I always, you know, considering this whole notion that, that speed is the most important thing in football, um, gone are the days where football was kind of nuanced and slow and there was an element of skill and you'd see balls being man manipulated in a particular way. If he had 10% of Martial's pace or 10% of Rashford's or 5% of Daniel James' pace, you know, he'd just be a totally different player. Um, yeah. But but he isn't. And, you know, the fact that he's in, in, in this team, uh, in this game, um, will he play at the weekend? Who knows? Will he be on, on Ole's first choice in terms of selection? I doubt it, considering the, the high press that they want to play. But he did it. He did it. He did well. The last person in this this little lineup for me, the starting lineup was Martial. Now I know he's just coming back from injury, and I know that he scored the penalty. But apart from that, I think the the only other good thing he did was actually when he walked off at sub to be sub. I think that was probably that was it. Yeah, I was very, being very harsh. When he, when he, well. No, I don't think you are, Mike, because I totally agree. I think, yeah, you know, apart from slotting that penalty away, what did he do? Yeah. Um, it's more a matter of just getting him minutes, I think, and going from there. But I was quite surprised that when he took him off and brought Rashford on, I thought he would have gone for Greenwood, actually. Yeah, well, um, this is, and, yeah, that's, there we go. You you, you have, you have a, 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 a little number of young players from the youth team there. Wouldn't it have been great to have seen Greenwood alongside? Because I think then you get a different kind of, you get a different kind of performance from players like Ghana, mm. who are looking yeah. for someone he's familiar with. Yeah. You know, that's... We one, yeah. one up, and Rashford, everyone knows Rashford needs a break because he started every Premier League game so far, and quite yeah. possibly every game this season. Yeah. So... Yeah, why not stick this boy, stick the young lad on, who's a natural finisher. Yeah. So Ollie says, um, and he's got speed, he's got trickery. Yeah. So I would have gone for that. Me, I think that's probably the only. You can't really. I can't even say it's a mistake because we won the game. But looking at it as a, a fitness thing and looking towards Sunday, 
I wouldn't have brought Rashford on. I'd have given him the night off and I would have chucked the young lad on because even a point would have been good away from home in you know, the grand scheme of things. It would have been, it would have been good. It would have been mm. good. Um, I mean, I'm glad they've got the three points because it means mm. now the next yeah. game, obviously, if they win, they get they qualify and uh, they're through. And, you know, there is obviously, this is an Europa League game. There's no glamour to this game. What I found really difficult to understand, and we're very fortunate, I thought the, I thought the referee was very, very generous to um, the Manchester United team, was um, certain, certain decisions would have been a penalty. You know, in a, in a, in a Champions League game with Isvar, there would have been there would have been a penalty given uh, um, to Partizan, and it, I just thought, how can you have a European competition controlled by one body, not use VAR? The Premier League have VAR, the Bundesliga have VAR, the Spanish League have VAR, Italian League have VAR, the World Cup has VAR, the the Europa League. We're only bringing VAR in when it's the final. Yeah. What a joke! What an absolute joke. I just thought to myself, how is that? Don't get me wrong. I'm, I totally understand how, from a Manchester United fan's point of view, you will be happy that VAR was not in this game. But from a footballing point of view, where you think that you want everything to be equitable and balanced and fair for everyone, how can you have one competition where there is no VAR and another competition where there is VAR? It's either it's in or it's not. I don't well, get it. Car- Carabao Cup has it, don't it? Well, there you go. There you go. That's like the lowest cup competition <laughs> in, in England. Um, it, it is. The second highest European competition, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. That, I, I, for me, I, I don't get it. I just don't get it. I just think to myself, it's a bizarre thing. Very, 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 very fortunate that... Um, Manchester United were actually didn't have the that kind of referee who was like, "Yep, definitely a penalty," because he could have given a number of things as a penalty and 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 didn't, you know, and didn't do it. So very for, very very fortunate, very fortunate I, indeed. Maybe you should e- email Boris Johnson, Rodney, and ask him <laughs> to bring it up at number ten or something. I think his hands. Um, I think his hands are full. I think Boris Johnson. <laughs> I think Boris Johnson is, is as they say, somewhat busy, very, mm. very busy, very busy. Um, you know, comments. Where's the comments? I see the comments. I see duty entertain. Um, he's 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 in the house. I see he's in the comments. Thank you very much for your kind words there. And actually, you know what? It was uh, stepping away from this game for a, a moment. When you meet someone in the flesh as I did with uh, Mr. Exclusive. He, he's looking at me thinking, you're taller than me. <laughs> that's not odd. He said to me, you're taller than me. And I was like thinking, well, that's not, that's, that's not my fault. That's not my fault. Um, I know Paul Lumpur's taller than me. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, comments, it says, uh, George says, who can forget his equalising free kick for Juve? I think he's talking about I'm not sure. Oh, Mata, yeah, great. To begin, I thought I think Mata's been fantastic. I just think that you know, um, with the evolution of the team, it may be time for him to move on. But you know, we've said that about Ashley Young and 
everyone else. Um, George is saying, in keeping with the Farmers League theme, it might have been apt to have Scarecrow Man in the Vault. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, I love it. I love it. And the duty to entertain says, she, Marcus. I have no idea what that is. Okay. It's, it's a so, personal, it's a personal thing. <laughs> it's personal. I think he's, he's having, he's having a go at you. Definitely having I'll, a go I'll at you. I might get up to you later on Call of Duty. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a Call of Duty happening. Um, we haven't spoken, obviously, uh, about since the weekend. But you know, in terms of this game and 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 how Manchester United are going to move forward uh, in the Europa League, do you see do you see them being a serious challenge in this competition? Do you know what I think? If we if we can qualify, which you know, if we get out of the group, yeah. which we should do, really. Um, it should, that should be nailed on in two weeks' yeah. time when we play Partizan at Old Trafford. I think for getting everyone back from injury, yeah, we. I think we'd have to be. I really do. Um, we've won it before. Yeah. Well, they've you know certain players in that team have got the experience. They yeah. know what it's all about. Um, and you would expect the big players, i.e., the Pogba's and you know, the seasoned veterans of the club like Matic and Matter and you know, people that have been there a couple of years, you know, the Lindelof's the buys. I think when everyone's fit and yeah. we put the, and we put the full eleven out, our strongest eleven, I think you'd have to. If that's the way he's going to go, um he said in his conference that the Champions League is the aim, whether it's top four or your open league, I I don't see it being via the top four. Not yeah. one bit. I I think he's got to. I think he's got to go for it. Just like Mourinho, you put all your eggs in the basket, didn't you? And you got to go for it. I think. I think maybe if we can use the reference point of Jose Mourinho for a moment, is that is that when he was here at the club and he he had a striker he could rely on, Zlatan. Yeah. Um, his ego was big enough to take on the pressure. Um, he talked up the team. He talked up the performance. He definitely talked up what he was able to do. Um, and that that in itself is something that's not obviously happening right now. There are there are no big egos, but there are no big performers for me. Um, no. Considering the, the the teams that Manchester United have lost to, Crystal Palace uh, struggled against Southampton. So there is. I have to ask the question: What are the realistic? What's the percentage in terms of chances that Manchester United are going to actually get get through to the the latter stages of this competition? Now, the Partizan, obviously, you know they're in this competition for a reason. They've been successful in their league, but you know if Manchester United think they're going to win playing this caliber of competition all the way through, that's not a, that's not a realistic belief for me. You know you're going to come up against stiffer opposition, and Partizan for their bit in the game. They played except. I thought they played really well. I think, but after twenty-five minutes, you know, they really brought the game to Manchester United. They they were stringing passes together. They had a couple of players in midfield who seemed to just skip past the midfield, and it made me think: at what point is Ole going to change the formation? Because okay, you're playing three-four-three, but the back three aren't getting any protection at all. And if you had uh, um, another team with a, a slightly more, let's say, cute and uh, like aware midfield player running that they probably would have either scored more goals or created chances where they would have had to Manchester United would have conceded and, and given away a penalty. So despite having the number of defenders 
that that were on the team. I I thought the the formation was bold, but I thought that Manchester United were very they rolled their luck really really well against a team who I I think normally they wouldn't even they wouldn't even struggle with. They'd bat them away, mm. you know. That's that's the reality for me. It's hard. But then that you know that comes into what Oli Oli's been saying in his press conferences. You know they're scared. They're not willing to take as many risks as they did before, like when he first came into the job. Yeah, but th- so, th- we've heard this before, though. We've heard this from when Jose was there. We've heard this from when Louis Van Gaal was there. We've yeah. heard all of these things. Even when David Moyes was there, that they, they, they played more sideways passes than than any team possible. You know, so you, you you have to ask the question: What is it that they're doing? What is it that they're doing in 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 training? Why they're not taking shots? Why they're not? working on routines and patterns of play. What is it that they're, they're not doing? Because, you know, the stats after the game, it was really clear. And I, I, I thought to myself, this cannot be right. You know, one shot on target, one shot. Yeah, I think, would that have, would they class the penalty? They'd have to class the penalty, wouldn't they? Is yeah, it? but... I what mean, about Lingard's shot, though, that hit the post? That's got to be... No, I think that's the shot. Yeah. I think that's the shot on target. I don't think they're even counting the penalty. Well, then for me, the stats are wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because those two shots there, they're on target. You know, if it goes in the goal or it's the frame, it's it's target. They are target. Well, they're target. George has asked me a very pertinent question. I will ask the question, George. Answer it. I will not dodge the question. Unlike mm-hmm. uh, unlike our, 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 our superbly placed Prime Minister who's asked any question and will give any answer, and usually starts by saying, you know, I, I totally respect the right honourable whoever and so on and so forth, blah, 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 blah. But, and says something else about some classic book he's read while he was studying. Um, <laughs> yeah, he does. Um, Duty Entertained, I don't know what that is about. He's saying he needs filming, a filming box. But yeah, George says, ultimately, we have to win this competition to get Champions League football next season. Sitting fourth, 14th in the league, uh, Manchester United will just about make the, the, the top half of the because the, the word that I didn't want to use at the weekend, but I'm going to use it, is Manchester United are in a relegation fight. Mm-hmm. That's the word. It's the R word that no one wants to mention, but they are. Um, and the stats in this game, one shot on target, five shots in total, uh, in comparison to a team who were poor, Partisan, 15 shots and two on target. You know, so you have lots of possession for Manchester United, but with, with no real effect. And for all of the football that these um, players have been asked to to play, and and the the and I'm going to go back to it and say it, the money they've been given. You know, not to be able to shoot in a game of football. I mean, I played in midfield. And I, I had to pride myself. If I didn't have at least five shots within a game, I was I wasn't doing something. I wasn't I wasn't doing something right. Yeah. You know, as as me, I knew my job was to create, I knew my job was to assist, I knew my job was to protect the back four, I knew all of those things. But in terms of my own personal like aims and, and objectives, I knew that if I did not create a chance for myself, I wasn't doing enough. So I don't get how a team of professional footballers who train day in, day out, not like me, you know, Thursday night on a cold, hard concrete playground in some little backwater school in South London, could yeah. could have that kind of mindset and these guys only get one shot off. I don't get it. 
options. Don't get it. Well, I think probably you'd have to put some of that down to how well partisan uh, blocked up the front of their goal as well. Yeah, they did. They um, did. Because there, there was a, a spell in the second half where Matt Rashford, Dan James were trying to, you know, ticky tacker through the defence and lost the ball. Mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of that game tonight I saw was down the flanks. It was. Um, not a lot was played in front of uh, Belgrade's, you know, back line. So. Well, no, yeah, and, and it was, and to be honest, and, and and you can understand why Marshall didn't have the greatest game, because there was, as you said, everything went down the flanks and no mm. service was coming through the middle. But the team, the team was not built for the team. You have flair players like your your Pereira on the bench, but you have you have a defender in midfield. So yeah. you 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 basically pack the midfield to make sure that you have a strong defensive base, because. At the same time, you want them to do well. I've got to, I've got to do these comments quickly, uh, Marcus, because they're coming in thick yeah, and fast. Okay. Uh, George says top four is our current uh, inconsistency and a lack of current uh, cutting edge will be difficult. Ellen, hello, Ellen. You know, I needed to get her in. Ellen, now you. Not the strongest game, but the work, um, work hard for once. Uh, Williams was good. So was Romero and Maguire. I was a little bit disappointed. Thanks for the comments, uh, Ellen. A little bit disappointed at how easily uh, Harry Maguire went to ground. With a little bit of, you know, the guy literally rolled it one way and then the other, and then he was, uh, yeah, not good. There was quite, there was quite a few slips. Yeah, yeah. Um, in on that side of the pitch. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, Martial went down over there a couple yeah. of times in the first half. Um, also, one Basaka slipped on the right hand side edge of the box. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I think that side of the pitch was heavily watered because when mm. um, Partizan were attacking, their striker Sadiq, he slept. He, yeah. I almost thought he was Bambi. He could not <laughs> stand. Honestly, I just thought, what is wrong with him? You know, it's just he's, he's someone's laced his cocoa. Uh, George Carl says it depends what <laughs> it depends what team drop into the Europa League. Uh, from the UEFA Champions League back in 2017, we only had to beat cannon fodder. Listen, this any whoever drops out of the Champions League, what you don't want is to do all of this hard work and then some team like Atletico Madrid drop out mm -hmm. of the Champions League with Simeone and his tight black suit. You know, just be a demon. Um, no, you don't. You don't need that at all. That that for me would be. Um, a horrible thing. Um, just as the question George has asked me, he says, are you Oli out rugby? Um, no, I'm not. Uh, I will say this. When Ole was given the job, um, I thought it was too soon. Um, Mr Woodward didn't, didn't follow up on what he stated clearly was that they would wait until the end of the season. There was a lot of um, chatter. There was a lot of clamour for him to get the job. And I saw plenty of people on social media, and I will say social media, I mean Twitter, talking about what's the problem, give him the job now, the team are winning. And for me, the analogy of being in education, you can have a substitute teacher and the child will do anything because they think this guy's not staying for long. And the minute he became permanent, everything went downhill. <clears throat> and that's and that has been clear uh, for him. So. I, didn't, I don't think that he shouldn't have been given the job. I think they should have waited and assessed as they said they would at the end of the season. Um, but now he is in the job. I am Oli in for the simple reason that as people say that there is a process, um, 
the process is that I believe that Manchester United are pinning their hopes and prayers on a 17-year-old, Mason Greenwood, and it's going to take him time to get to the level that they think he can get to. That's that's what I think. And if you get rid of Ole now, you're going to go and get a manager who wants to use the checkbook to correct things. You're not going to get a manager who comes in with the same mindset as Ole and is prepared to wait and give the Glazers time and give Mr Woodward time. Because if they get rid of the manager, we are truly free-falling into not only just relegation, into, into a kind of pit of nothingness. We're not considered a threat as a club. We're not considered a real challenge. The reality is, is when you look at the league table, the top four, which I have to shake my head every time I look at it, has Leicester City in third place. Now, if I said to you, George, and everyone else, and you, Marcus, if I said to you, if you could swap Brendan Rodgers for Ole now, would you swap him? No, I wouldn't. You, you would, no, you wouldn't, but I can bet, I bet your bottom dollar that someone out there would look at it and go, yeah. Because Brendan Rodgers has arrived at Leicester in less time than Ole has had at Manchester United. Less time. And the team are playing, and, and not only less time, he sold... Their, their best defender and said, right, thank you very much. We'll take the money and off we go. They didn't use the money. They didn't spend it on anyone because the defender that they had had already bought and they've got that sitting waiting in the bank. So they, they're in a prime position and they're third and they're third on merit. You know, so I'm, I'm definitely only in. But well, people would argue, mate, that that Leicester team are more together and more committed as a team than what that United one is. Definitely, you would say. You would say that that team is definitely more committed and definitely more together. But what, what I have to... I mean, I mean, that's a really good point, Marcus, but you have to ask the question, with this clamour and this kind of mindset of we've got to bring in old United greats to be there, so Ole's there. Um, who else is there behind him? Carrick, McKenna. Feeling how much you were... People talking about Patrice Ever, you've got Nicky. I mean, how many more players do you need to recreate mm. that Manchester United feeling for the team not to play like Manchester United? Seriously. Yeah. How many more players? Like, you want, would you want Gary Neville? He's only across the road at Hotel Football. You want Phil Neville? He's busy with England. You want Rio Ferdinand? You want Paul? Paul Scott had a chance to go back. He didn't want to go. Jose Mourinho said, My door, the door's open. Come down when you're ready. He said, Come down. Yeah. They didn't go. They didn't. They didn't go. They chose to sit in the studio. So, you know, I have to. I have to. For me, I was. I got to a point where, with Jose, I thought he needs to go because it's not good for him. I could see it wasn't good for him. Apart from the team, it wasn't good for him. You know, I was one of those people that said, "Oh, you know what, Oli? Um, yeah, he's great. Yeah, get, we need to wait." When it was LVG, I said he needed to go. When it was David Moyes, I said he needed to go. I'm like thinking, "Damn, I'm part of the problem." <laughs> I'm part of the problem because I keep saying he needs to go and every time I say he needs to go I look over the road and I see Man City aren't changing anything Liverpool aren't changing anything Pochettino still at Spurs do you know there are other clubs who, who are meant to be struggling and doing things and they're not changing anything yeah. and Manchester United have changed their manager the manager that actually won this competition and they're now 14th in the league so I've well, got I've got to back him I've got to back Holly you got to look at the experience between the two managers. Oh, well. of course, it's I mean, vast. You know, um, it, yeah, it's it's light years it's vast. ahead for Brendan Rodgers. I mean, Liverpool, 
Rangers, you know, two top, top teams that are going to be competing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the, Brendan Rodgers almost won it, you know, the title with Liverpool, I think, didn't he? So, and then you look at Ollie's mould, Cardiff. Yeah, I bet you any money, I bet you any money, if they'd have gone to um, to Brendan Rodgers in the summer and said, would you like the Manchester United job, you wouldn't be at Leicester. He no, I, don't, would, I, don't, I don't think he would. He would not. This is a guy that was at Chelsea. To go from Chelsea, he went to, uh, was he at Bournemouth? Where was he before Liverpool? He was, he was, um, can't think, it's escaped to me. So he was at Chelsea, part of Jose's backroom staff. When, then he was manager of Liverpool, gone to Celtic. Now, do you honestly think he's staying at Leicester long term? He's not staying there long term. He's not staying. Oh, was it Celtic? Was it? I thought yeah. it was Rangers. Yeah. No, he was at Celtic. <laughs> no, he was at Celtic. He was at oh. Celtic, and and to go up there and win the treble, he's done his thing. So, you know, I I honestly believe that when Manchester United hierarchy look back at their decision that they made in March, they might be scratching their head and think, did we th did we go too soon? Did we get carried away? with the bandwagon that was on social media about giving the job, giving the job. And and did they not actually say, you know what, we've made a decision, we'll wait until the end of the season and see what happens. You know, so he's in the job now, back him. If the results get to a point where we think, you know what, he has to go, then you can say, yeah, he's got to, but right now I'm thinking, you didn't want a striker. You sold, you, uh, to be honest, the question about should you have sold Lukaku isn't even a question. He had to go. Mm. You know, for me, yeah. for a striker of his uh, worth, he, his control is terrible. He has metal football yeah. boots. I didn't even know they could make metal football boots because <laughs> they don't bend. You know, honestly, anything that he gives to control just bounces off. I think he's got a boot with right angles, just sharp corners. Just, to, just he's not, for me, he's not good. Getting rid of him, yes. Getting rid of him when the transfer window closes, no. That was the stupid bit. That was the bit that didn't make any sense because you then handicapped yourself and said, I'm going to tie my hands behind my back and I'm going to run down the street with my eyes closed. That's what Ole Gunnar Solskjaer did. And now you are saying, and the rumour is, and this is the conversation I heard as well, let's get Mandzukic. Well, in the summer, everyone said he's over the hill. Now people are saying, mm. let's get him. The reality for Mandzukic, I'm not saying don't get him. I ask the question, does anyone actually know what position he plays? Has anyone actually considered the position that he has mm. been playing in the Juve team for the last three years? Because it's not striker. No, but I think if you need... For me, we had the best plan B in the business, Right. And got he got sold straight yeah. away, first player out the door. And I think now Ollie, during the summer, and talking up these youngsters and seeing that clearly that some some of these youngsters are clearly not good enough or developed enough to be in that first team. Um, I I think yeah he's he's, he's really messed himself up. He, well, so, he has. Yeah, so I think in terms of the competitions, like where the Europa League comes in, it, I think you know January is going to play a major, major part in that. If we don't invest in January and find decent players that aren't cup tied, then yeah, I don't, you know, I don't think we'll have any hope of it. Yeah. But of course, yeah, we're in the competition, so yeah, yeah, we got a chance to win it. But I mean, with this, we we need reinforcements. It's as simple as that. 
Right. Well, reinforcements is an understatement. I think we need a goal scorer. I think yeah. it's clear to see that every game is only one goal scored. This team are, are, are struggling to score goals. I think um, if we were to revisit the game at the beginning of the season when Manchester United beat Chelsea, uh, if you play that game again, the result probably would be reversed. Mm. But, you know, by a clear margin. Um, I think it will be reversed in the Carabao Cup. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. From yeah. what I've seen. And, and they're using the young players. And those young players have been out on... The difference is those young players have been out on loan in a championship setting where they've had yeah. to play against men. Whereas the yeah. United youngsters, who have obviously given some game time today and, and previously, have not been on loan. And they've been in a bubble of the academy football, which is a totally different level which is a totally different experience. And um, obviously there's talk of some, some, some say Greenwood is going to go out on loan, Chong is going out on loan, uh, Gomez is going out on loan, things that should have happened last year. Should, but they can you know, only go out on loan, Rodney, if we've got replacements. But then, but the, the, but you, I, do you know what? I, I get what you're saying, Marcus, but this is the bit where I counter it with what is, what are the, what is the actual function of an academy? What is the actual function of the 50-plus scouts that Manchester United have? Who are they looking at? Because if you're only looking at established footballers, then you're not doing your job. If you look at the next, the next best thing or young players that are actually in other clubs, you think, would you like to come and join the academy? What are you doing? Because I think very rarely has it been a thing that Manchester United have actually allowed a young person to come through and go straight into their, their first team without actually going out on loan. It's been, you know, it's a handful, not loads, in, in all of the academies in time, whoever's managing it, whoever has oversight over it. Um, you only learn to play football at that level is when you're playing football where there is an edge. For me, and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying academy football doesn't have an edge, but you know you go down to the championship, it's a different level. You know you know, every game is a cut fight. Yeah, you've got every game is a different thing. Every game. So when you look at Chelsea's Hudson Odoi, Tammy Abrams, um, Tamor, you, you look at them and you just think, yeah, you've actually played men's football. That's why you're actually in this Chelsea first team and you're doing really well. You're not going to get the same kind of result from the United first team. So there's um, uh, academy players that are coming through. So I think there is, there is um, a serious a serious thought that needs to be had in terms of what happens for them, their development. Not too much should be expected from them about how this first team, you know, actually progress through the season. And I think Ole and his team, whoever it is, they need to really seriously think we've either messed this up or if it wasn't his decision, then he has to go and say to Mr. Woodward, you've messed me up. Yeah. Yeah, I I think, but I mean, to stick up for him a bit, I think these young lads have been showing him in training mm. what they're all about. But then when it comes out on the pitch, he's seeing something completely different, all because they're just not ready. Yeah. I think a, a lot of the hype is about what people see in the under-23s or in you know, the reserves and that. Yeah. And they think, oh, yeah, this one's ready. You know, he can step up to the first team. No way. No, no. way. Because John, for me doesn't look ready at all. He looks too skinny 
Um, he gets pushed off the ball an awful lot, and you know yeah. the boy's got pace. Yeah, he's got a few tricks up his sleeve, but you need strength to pull that off. Mm-hmm. You need to be able to out muscle your opponent to get past him. He hasn't yeah. got it. Yeah. Garner tonight, you know, he, he, sometimes he looks swamped. He looked overrun. Yeah, a couple of wayward passes, not yeah. ready. Transebi for me is the only one, and Brandon Williams tonight. Them two are mm-hmm. the only ones that look to me like they are ready. And they don't look out of place in that first team at all. Yeah, you know something, Luis Fansabi, and a, and a lot of the, um, I usually have this conversation with a friend of mine. She's a long-time United supporter, been in a season ticket holder for 25 years plus. Um, mm. And she'll, she'll usually say, oh, you know, they've learned the young kids have come through and they've learned the United way. Luis Fansabi, I would say that he's had to go away and learn football somewhere else. So as much yeah. as he's developed into what we can see as a fine defender, a fine young defender. Um, he didn't learn any of those those traits and those um, that level of awareness was from somewhere else and it has nothing to do with the academy backroom staff or the first team backroom. He had to go elsewhere, he had to go to Aston Villa. You know, so his, his development has been um, based on an environment which is outside of the Old Trafford bubble, which kind of underpins the whole idea of Chong going on loan, Gomez going on loan, and actually saying, right, we're going out on loan for a year, I'm going to come back and we should be ready. And if it's not a year, then it's two years. By the time we come back at 20, we should be ready. We should be ready. Mm. Um, I'm going to a couple of comments. Uh, Ellen says, slippery pitch for sure. You know what, when you leave the comments for so long and you, you read a comment like that on its own, you're just never quite sure what the actual initial... <laughs> <laughs> You're never quite sure. Um, George says, Marcus will tell you I have a photographic, I have photographic proof uh, that I said, wait until May with Ollie back in March when he was fully at his will. Yeah, he's definitely, um, I think he's given the will to someone else. Well, um, that guy's always got photographic He's got a photographic <laughs> <laughs> uh, Do you know what? <laughs> He spent too much time on YouTube. Oh, I do. I, I honestly, I bet he does. Uh, George has gone on to say, he says, I feel like a director of football is the most important if you look at how brilliantly Liverpool and City have done in the transfer window, both in and out. Uh, we could talk about that in a moment, in the tra- director of football. Um, he says, Leicester's midfield is better than ours. He's gone on this. Um, he agrees with me about uh, not playing the United Way, blah, 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 blah. Uh, George, George, George. There's so many comments from George. Uh, he said, um, this one, is, it's been pointed out uh, by Rashford, not playing centre-forward, he's lost his development as a true striker over the past three years. If you compare him to Tammy Abrams, for example, Tammy Abrams has literally bypassed him. He's, he's, he's an actual striker. Um, and Ellen says, the leap up from under-23s is too great for some, uh, some, uh, some many of them, too many of them. Yeah, so it's, it's, too, it's too good. Um Marcus, you know, before we wrap up, this whole thing, director of football, is it really a thing? I hope it is. Um, no, but I mean, I do, you, do you think that Manchester United actually need a director of football? Yeah. Yes, yes, definitely. Um, they need, in terms of the transfer market, they need someone who knows knows the market, who, who knows knows the way, knows how to do the business, knows, yeah. you know, I think the scouting network needs someone to answer to. Yeah. Um, I read an article about Woodward saying that he has nothing to do with it. He just signs off the money. <laughs> and you know I that's not myself, true. 
Well, I, I was talking to John about it, and I, I was baffled because me and John was trying to think of, well, who the hell's recommending the players then? Because there's fifty odd scouts, and then there's Woodward. <laughs> so, where, where's the, where's the middle guy? I'm like, I'm it? I'm the I'm the the person who's doing it. It's me. Yeah. And, yeah. Woodward's saying that all these. Um, Accusations about he just looks on YouTube and <laughs> picks out a player and goes and gets them a false. And I'm thinking, oh, we was cracking up about it because that is exactly how it's coming across. I, th- I know, honestly it, think, I honestly think, um, I, I, the, for me, the whole ruse of this kind of director of football, I get we need it. I just think that you need a manager to actually have control. And I don't think any of the managers that have arrived since. Um, Woodward has been in charge, have actually had control of the transfers. And they, the, the, every manager comes in and says they don't like the actual scouting network, they don't like the setup, they don't, you know, and they just think, you know, I, I, I'm just confused. And I don't know whoever's mm. coming in, even if it was um, Van der Sar coming in, who's doing a really good job at Ajax, uh, would he want to leave the, the, that club, you know, that's, that world-run club to go to the, the, the nightmare setup that is... Manchester United and have to do dealings with Edward because you know the way the club brief against players yeah. they brief against can you imagine they brief against managers you can imagine he coming as director of football and then Edward would be briefing against him as well I mean it just you know it, it makes no sense for me I think you you need the new you need new people let alone it's just a mess. yeah it's a mess it's a to, it's a total mess it's a total mess. It's a mess. Totally because missed. I mean, in the article, he said that um, you know basically Solskjaer has the final say on on and he just signs off, you know Ed signs off the money, and I thought to myself, no way, no way at all, because you telling me that Solskjaer just said yeah, sixty million will do this summer, you know, I don't need three players. I don't think I just what you mean like you go to your dad for pocket money because dad, yeah, can I can I buy this uh, this new toy? Oh, right, son, this is it. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't yeah, apparently see, doesn't look at anything. The, um, According to one of the newspapers, Timo Werner's got a 27 million release course. That's not true. Right. <laughs> I think I can't remember what the newspaper it was or was it? Maybe the Telegraph or something. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, again, I was talking to John about it, and we're on about 10 million for Manzukic. Someone who's not even playing in the UV team at the minute. Yeah. And is willing to take a cut on a half cut. his wages. And yet you've got a player there. A 27 million release calls, if it's true or not, you know, you don't know. But why not just, if the money's available, spend the extra 17 million for the 23 year old proven goal scorer who's a natural than a 34 year old next year who's won one and a half seasons? What, but because common sense is not afforded to everyone, Marcus, my friend. Well, no, yeah, Manzukic is, is a bigger name than Werner, isn't he? He'll sell yeah, more shirts. He'll sell more shirts. <laughs> you know, it's, this is the thing, mate. The, the behind the scenes, it's it's a total cluster, you know. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, yeah, it is a, it's a cluster, whatever. Yeah, yeah it definitely is. Um, and, and, yeah, Woodward as as a banker, I just sign off on the checks. I mean, Jesus Christ, mate, who are you trying to fool? Yeah, well, Seriously, it's fooling. It's fooling a lot of people. It's fooling a lot of people. Um, George is, is is before we shut shut down. George is is, is firing shots at, at Arsenal. Uh, he said he sold Pepe the fraud to Arsenal for seventy two million, and was at Monaco. Uh, I think we're talking about someone. We're talking about a director. You're of football. about Campos. It is about Campos, best director Campos. of football. 
Camp, oh, yeah, Camp, yeah, Campos, yeah. Campos. Uh, and uh, he sold, uh, uh, was it? And during their success with Mbappe, Fabinho, Bernardo Silva, etc. Um, is this the same guy that sold uh, Manchester United, um, Tony Marshall? Yeah. This is the thing, mate. This is the thing, because I think it's quite funny. He keeps he keeps the best players that he finds, right? The Mbappes and all that. He'll sell the shit clubs, the shit players, well, that, Pepe to Arsenal. I'm sorry, right? my friend. <laughs> the ship, are you saying Marshall's the shit player? No, no, and he'll sell he'll sell a decent player to the clubs that he likes. Right? That's my theory on Campos. He keeps the best of the best for his club that he's working at. Yeah. He'll sell the crap to the crap clubs for a load of money, as in Pepe to Arsenal, and he'll sell good players <laughs> to clubs that he likes. Pepe to Arsenal. He's making money all over the place. You can that's how you wheel and deal as a director that's of football. A, can you imagine the, the, the football equivalent of Monopoly? Who can I mess up this year? It's Arsenal. It's Arsenal. You should be jumping down that guy's throat and saying, you've got 70 million for Pepe. <laughs> Listen, honestly, that in itself, that would be that is so funny. Uh, let's go back. Let's go back to Sol Seventy Two. I feel sorry for Pepe. I really do. Uh, Ellen says, um, "This uh, Torrent agrees. Yes, Torrent agrees. We need. To, yes, I bet she does. I hope to see you guys soon. Yeah, they're uh, my my fellow Manchester United female friends." And we, we haven't even talked about the girls today uh, because we've been talking. I'll have to do another one. I'll have to do another one. And, and hopefully you'll come on, Ellen, uh, talk about Manchester United women doing things, doing things. Beat the beat, beat City 2-0. I, I didn't get to the game. I've been getting, I've been getting stick for that from um, Natalie and uh, the rest. Um, George says, um, it? duty is entertained. There we go. He said, I would rather a new owner than director of football. Uh, then we can bring in the right director of football. Wow. Um, do you know, I, we're going to wrap up very soon. I'm going to ask you, director of football, not director of football, new owners. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's been leaked reports about the Glazers going to a certain part of the Middle East, uh, talking to someone supposedly, allegedly. Um would you be happy as a Manchester United fan if Manchester United were owned by um, an oil-rich country? Uh, happy would be, I'd have to say, I'd be 50-50. But I think yeah. the way football is going, I don't think there's any option, mate. I really don't. There's so much money in football that you have to put up as owners to compete now. Yeah. And I don't think the Glazers' pockets go that deep, or they just don't want to go that far. You know, they um, they like the amount of money that they've been making off the club for 14, 15 years, however long they've been in been in there. Yeah. And I don't think they want to put a dent in that little gold mine. Yeah. Do you know what? I, I, I I'm I'm kind of conflicted. I I would like new owners, but I'm you know you, the long gone are the days where you say. Um, Football clubs are owned, and there's an ethical approach to it, and they take a, a higher moral ground. And you, 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 football fans and supporters of football are always kind of in this bubble of, you know, 
my club is owned by this person and that person. And then you've only got to look at the world outside of football, whether it's Brexit and the implications for players coming to the UK or not coming to the UK. You've got to look at conflicts around the world, the implication of what happened in Turkey and the knock-on effect to certain players that were playing for the German national team, questions around Man City's owners, what's happened with financial fair play, how that's linked to FIFA, has there been monies in Branham? Do you know all of those things? You know, and the connection with... so, And you just think, how would Manchester United fans actually feel if they were owned by... And I think the name is here. Thanks, George. Bin Salman will... I don't even know what he said. I don't even... I didn't even get that. But I probably didn't even say that right. I'm not even... I'm not even going to try that, George. He I'm started... Not I'm not even going to try it. Bin Salman something, you know. Um, how are... Manchester United fans are going to feel about that and what are they going to feel about that and it's okay to say the Glazers, the Glazers have taken money out of the club and you know there is this this thing that we need to be kind of whole about and wholesome about but football has moved away from those days uh, um, quite some, for quite some time and uh, it's it's especially because Manchester United are so big now whoever the Glazers sell to are going to be on that level in terms of wealth and there aren't too many people or, or individuals or groups that have that kind of money, um, unless you're going to talk about individuals coming out of Russia or the Middle East or, or, or China. You know, long gone are the days when you had the Edward family, mm-hmm. the UK based, and um, whoever used to, I can think of it, deadly, De- uh, D- Doug Ellis for Aston Villa and those. Yeah, and, yeah. and Ken Bates for Chelsea, when you had UK-based owners, football football isn't, isn't like that anymore. And I think Manchester United fans will say they don't want this, but they will, will be happy with that for a while, or they will ignore it. And then when you sit down and you watch 10 o'clock news and you watch CNN or whatever you watch and you see your owners linked to certain things and you think, that, mm, not sure about this and how I feel, it's very, very difficult to feel as if you're not a part of something that's going wrong. So for me personally, I'm not sure about the Glazers selling up um, to, to a family or an, uh, owners based around that region because I know there is conflict happening all the time and the implications of that conflict and not because it's not straightforward. It's not straightforward. No, it's not straightforward, but nothing in football ever is straightforward. It is. Right? But... You know, when you look at what's happening around, what's that company that owns Liverpool? Is it FGS or FFGS? Um, um, oh, no. It's a um, particular name. I can't think of it now. Someone will Google. Someone will Google. Whoever it is, right? Whatever yeah. that, whatever that uh, company is, that um, uh, they've took a maximum. Since they've been in there, right, they've took a maximum of 15 million out of that club. That's it. Right, to pay off a, some sort of loan, I think it was. Yeah. Right? Since the Glazers have been in charge, oh. so whether it's 14 or 15 years, whatever it is, they've took over one billion, right? Oh. If that is what people want, yeah, and, you know, if they're arming and ahhing about these, you know, Saudi Arabians coming in and, you know, this, this uh, report about the journalist or whatever it was, that person being killed, you know, then that's fine. That's That's their right. Yeah. But if you look at it in a football aspect and you look at football being a money-orientated sport now, 
Yeah. And investors want to come in. If these Saudis come in and put the money on the table to make Manchester United compete, surely it's better than what we've got now, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I can't even say yes or no to that. I, I think my, I, I, I'd need to know more about the owners. Me personally, I'd need to know more about the potential buyers, their background and what it is, and then make a decision. Because it's very easy for me, and I think others, to say, yeah, we'll definitely get rid of the Glazers. We don't want them. We'll roll and jump in with someone who's 10 times but people, worse. But this is the thing, mate. People analyse it too much, all right? What, what, what these people get up to in their spare time and their private life behind closed doors, I couldn't really give a crap about, right? <laughs> all, I, all I give a rat's about is what goes on on that pitch. On that right? pitch. That's it. I, mate, if they wanted to, I hate to say it, but if they wanted to do something corrupt once a month, I don't care, as long as it don't affect the club. Right? Do you know what? Well, 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 <laughs> Marcus what is giving the green light, guys. <laughs> yeah, but what they do in their own country, right, yeah. or what they do in their own private life, why should that concern us as football fans? We're not, we're not involved in that side. If they stump up the money and get us the best players and, you know, they fix the roof, Right? <laughs> and they serve a decent hot dog at the yeah, oh, because yeah. the hot dogs taste like crap. Yeah, and reduce the prices right? and everything else. Yeah, yeah, right. If they come in and they sort all this out, you know, and they want new stadiums, you know, they want this and they want that. They want United to be back on top and the best, you know, in the world once again. Then, fine. Yeah. If this is what it takes, then fine. Because I don't see what your personal business, right, your private life, Rodney, mm. make, has no impact on me whatsoever for you being a fan. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. So why should their private life have any impact on if they want to buy the club or not? I think, I, I think when it comes to the fit and proper persons in terms of the owners, that's the, that's the element that, that is always going to be scrutinised. And sometimes it isn't always scrutinised enough. And the difficulty then is that when things, are, you know, kind of come out in the press or, or the rumours are linked to certain things, then people say, oh, but what happened to this test and why, uh, if they weren't fit and proper, you know, I think really and truthfully, there needs to be um, like real scrutiny about someone, whoever's, whoever's buying the club. And, and, then, and then in that way, you know, it kind of eases the, my thinking and I think the thinking of others, the conscious of others in terms of what they, and, I, and then probably fall into line with what you're saying is that whatever they're doing in their private life, do, it doesn't impact on what's happening in the football. But sometimes I think from, from what, you know, just me watching the world's news, it does. It does. And as much as we say it shouldn't, it does. But then, you, you know, to, to flip that around, you, you, you look at it in, again, you look at it in a football sense. Are, are we quite happy to be linked with the likes of Mandzukic and, you know, getting Zlatan, who, who, you know, all right, he was a good footballer, but the age, you, you look at the age bracket of the players that we're linked to, is, uh, are we as fans quite happy to be linked with these players and have these has-beens at our club instead of being linked or being in for the likes of Neymar, Mbappe, you know, the difference in class. Yeah. If we keep the Glazers... We're always going to be interested in the old has-beens, the old-timers, the people who are coming to the end of their careers who want one big paycheck. With new owners, we would have a way to go forward and it'll be an exciting exciting story, you know, exciting chapter. It will. No, yeah, I understand what you're saying. I totally understand. I mean, you look at Chelsea before Bramovich came in. 
Mr. Bates, yeah. one pound, one pound. Well, exactly. You know, you look at um, you know, Wenger in the early days, you know, with yeah. the Adams and the Winterburns and all that. Didn't really need to improve on it, but the money wasn't there until the, you know, the Cronkies and all that started coming in. Yeah. You know, it's football is football. You, you look at the amount that we've spent since Blazers have been in there. I think Manchester City in Pep's first season spent half our entire budget over the past so many years yeah. just on defenders. Just on defenders. And and there's then they'll probably do more of that in January with uh, they will. a certain John Starnes game getting yeah. some flack. Um, no, Rodri, Rodri's injured now. They're, yeah. they're going to need reinforcements. When's the derby? Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, sorry, couldn't get wait to get that in. I, I just think, mate, the way, the way football is portrayed now, it's a commercial thing. Everyone has equal rights now with the TV money. None of these lesser clubs, as we say, are forced to sell because they don't need to. So the only way you do that to get the best players now is money talks. Mm. And with we need owners, I hate to say it, like Man City you've got. Man City. Just, you know, I want this player. Okay, fine. We'll go you and know. get him. Yeah. Um, I'm going to quickly uh, give a, a quick shout out to uh, for all of those who subscribe and watch. Uh, a new subscriber, Emma Meredith Sean. Thank you for subscribing. Please, uh, could you like, share, and subscribe, and so that you can hear more of the fantastic conversation for myself and the man, Mad Marcus. Uh, Mr. Exclusive was unable to join us because he was busy doing things. You know, as they say. Um, we're going to wrap this up, Marcus. It's been good. We've really gone over things, haven't we? We have yeah, gone I, over I, things. I really it's enjoyed been, it's been good. Right? Yeah. Um, uh, Duty Entertainment says I need to watch uh, TFL Sport and Who Were the Glazers. I will do that. Um, George says a little dig at City. City are like Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves in the Matrix, <laughs> um, dodging all the FIFA sanctions. Um, you know, I can, can, I can tr truly believe it. Uh, Ellen uh, said she'll see uh, me in two weeks because I know she's coming over to watch the Manchester United women play. So that will be fantastic in terms of, of that game. We could see you uh, and the others. Um, and I, I'm going to leave you guys with a little thing. Just I couldn't help. I saw something on um, a football fan podcast. They tweet out. I follow them. I've been on their pod before. Really good um, podcast, quite jovial. Uh, and they claimed that um, Dan James was a dumb footballer who was just fast, um, which I thought it was, it made me laugh. You know, it made me laugh. Mm. Uh, and so I tweeted out uh, a little poll. I tweeted out a little poll. And uh, here is the poll. Uh, I said, I've just heard a, um, a football fan pod claim that Daniel James is a dumb player who is fast. I have a different question to add. How many times will he run into an opposing player in the next two fixtures? Um, and so far, there are so, uh, not too many people have uh, uh, voted, but, you know, uh, saying that he'll run into at least four players, that's on 47%. And the reason I... I kind of a really cheeky poll. I went to the game at the weekend, uh, Liverpool, Manchester United, and uh, he was down. You know, he went down, he'd been in a collision twice. And I'm sitting in the East Stand and all the fans are going crazy. You've got to throw the ball out, stop the ball, get it out, get it out. And the referee did nothing. He carried on. Liverpool were on the attack. Um, the, the attack breaks down. Ashley Young gets the ball. And instead of kicking it out, he tries to start another attack. Ashley Young starts that. And the referee, has no, he has paid Daniel James no attention. He's on the far side of the pitch in Liverpool's half. And the, and the uh, um, assistant referee is on the on that side, and he can see what's happened. He would have had a quick word in the microphone to the referee and said, "Just a collision, nothing wrong." 
but from in the stands it looked like something really bad. It was only until I got home and watched um, the match of the day uh, that I realised that he'd run into, I think it was Matip's hip or Fabinho's hip, and he fell on the floor. And I don't know. For me, I like Daniel James. I think he's a really hard-working footballer. Uh, I think he's added energy to the team. But what I don't want to see is a young man who's been told that when you get any touch, just keep going down and fall down. Because I watched it live and I thought he had a collision with his head. And then I go back and I watch match of the day and I can see he has not collided. Match referees will do their homework just as me and you, Marcus, watch clips. And so any match referee will be like, he's, ha he's done it again. He's run into someone and he's fallen. They'll do it once. They'll check him once. But if he does it more than once and a referee doesn't blow up, then it means that the referees have had a conversation about the routine, like what they call styles of play, patterns of play. This player, you know, he's, he's liable to make one mistake. You allow him, he's mad, you know, he does certain things. He grabs shirts, etc. To keep running, I've never known anyone running to players as much as this guy. Seriously, when I was fast, I tried to... Seriously, Marcus, when you're fast, you dodge people. Yeah, but Mike, I just can't <laughs> stop him. <laughs> you dodge people. No, you dodge people. And I, I think for me, you know, I'm kind, of, I'm kind of being honest. I'm like saying what he did for Wales, when you knew he didn't have a head injury, and, and obviously with the games now, the cameras, close, they do close-ups. Ryan Giggs has outed him and said, you try to be smart. You know, I love my team, but I don't like divers. I don't. You don't, I don't like Ronaldo, I, though. I don't like who? Ronaldo. Ronaldo, listen, like, he's yeah. a proper diver. Don't like, don't like divers. Yeah, don't like diving. Don't like it. Nah, stop it. Get yourself. <laughs> you see, you see that replay then when um, I can't think that when we scored the goal, that Liverpool player went. Yeah, 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 yeah. Got the yeah. kick on one leg and went no, down. Old no, 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 no. That honestly, the referee was bang on, bang on. Play yeah, on. the red play on me. It's, it's a man's game. It's a man's game. Right, I'm going to say thank you for all of you guys that have joined me in this little match chat, post match chat. It was good. Uh, hope to do it again. Uh, and uh, engage with my man, Mad Marcus, and uh, and a few others. And and I hope you liked it. Please make sure that you like, share, and subscribe. You can follow Mad Marcus. His Twitter handle is there. I actually got the underscore right this time, Marcus. You'd be happy about that. <laughs> 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 That's good, mate. Don't smell my name. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it's not just me. Uh, so oh. please, guys, please, uh, um, you know, leave your comments. Thanks for those who've made your comments. Leave your comments in the videos. Uh, below share uh, the video and let people know what's happening and i'll see you guys very soon bye marcus thanks for joining no worries mate thanks no. for having me on see All you right. later guys see you later I've cheers yeah they, I, oh, they enjoyed it they loved it they loved it